0: Instead of the term, how can we love ourselves more? I'd like to ask, how can we accept ourselves more? Um, That in the way most of us have been socialized, the way in which a child gets, uh, learns, the initial learning, is that um, the parent is under pressure to socialize the child, to make the child socially functional, And in doing that, they they, emotionally, whether they intend to or not, reward and punish the, the child for behaviors. And the result is that when that starts very early, before there is a lot of reasoning process between the parent and the child, the child develops certain emotional feelings that certain ways it is in its natural state are not acceptable. And the result is some feelings of unworthiness or inadequacy or something in most human beings as the result of socialization. Very few people ever come through socialization unscathed in some way or other. I mean, that's not an unfair statement, I don't think. Um, So in a way, you could see that ego or personality is in a way built upon. And that's where Freud understood it. He saw that. The 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 um, repression of id or impulse life because of the way the society has to deal with a child's impulses to get it to be socialized usually is left with a feeling that um, somehow I'm bad. I have these things that are not acceptable and. um, so uh, then you build this social structure and often what you end up with is a personality that says that's constantly looking to the world and other people. Do you approve of me? Do you like me? Am I good enough? Am I acceptable to you? And uh, he, have I achieved enough? Here's a, and you get an A for effort and you feel good. And if you don't get the A, it's not like you feel nothing. You feel bad. And It's as if the baseline is negative not zero. Do you hear the issue that I'm talking about? now um, So that you're constantly using your life experiences as a way to disprove a basic negative feeling about yourself That's a very very common thing in in social structure and in human development in ego development now um, so most many psychological systems like Freud's system, for example, works primarily with negative going to zero. That's the the domain that you work with behind that is where the spiritual dimension begins. And that's a part that looks at the universe and just sees it as it is. It doesn't. See, the, the, when you've got a negative thing, the opposite, when you're trying to undo it, you could undo it by ha- emphasizing the positive. Like, if you don't like yourself, you could emphasize, I love myself. Which is, how do we love ourselves more, is the question. Or we could say, let's go behind love and hate. And find a place where we merely acknowledge ourselves. Where we just allow our humanity. And we hear that there is negativity in us, and there is inadequacy, and we allow ourselves. And the word that I have come up with, I mean, that I'm finding most comfortable to work with, is the word appreciation. That we come to just appreciate what is. It's interesting, uh, the way I've looked at it, is that you go out into the, into the woods, and into the forests, And you look at trees and you appreciate the trees. You don't say that tree is good and that tree is bad because one tree is fat and one is thin or one is tall and one is short or one is bent and one is straight. Unless you're in the lumber business. (laughs) For the most part, you just look at the trees and you you appreciate them the way they are. They are what they are and you can appreciate them. But the minute you get near humans, it's interesting that you immediately go into a judging mode. You come into better and worse and you do that out of your own insecurity. You do that out of your own need constantly to be reassuring yourself. So you're saying that person is got more hair than I do. or that person is, is see, that's the one I picked. So, (laughs) uh, I wonder why that or, or you go into, uh, you find dimensions constantly judging and equating, am I as good as, am I equal to, am I as good a mother, as, am I as beautiful a woman, am I as effective effective uh, this, uh, a worker, am I, whatever it is, whatever dimension. And you get caught in constantly living in a judging realm. And um, if you start to practice seeing people as trees, I don't mean in the... Uh, you know, in the sense of just appreciating what they are, including yourself. It's just starting to appreciate yourself, appreciate your humanity. Like when I get like I'm supposed to be, I'm Ram Das and I'm, I've worked on myself and I'm supposed to be equanimous, loving, present, clear, uh, compassionate, um, accepting. Oftentimes I get tired, I'm angry, I'm petulant. I'm closed down now for a long time I get into those states and I would feel really embarrassed because that isn't who Ram Dass is supposed to be so I would appear like I was warm charming equanimous compassionate and I would there was deviousness and deception involved and then I realized that that is that's bad business because that cuts us off from each other and I had to risk my truth. I had to risk being human with other people and realize that what we offer each other is our truth. And our truth includes all of our stuff. And the first thing I had to do was accept my own truth. I had to allow myself to be a human being. And um, I think that I was very helped by my spook friend, Emmanuel, who um, uh, my disembodied friend, who when I said to him, Emmanuel, what am I doing on Earth? He said, why don't you try uh, You're on Earth. Why don't you try taking the curriculum? Why don't you try being human? And (laughs) I had always assumed the way to God was to deny your humanity and embrace your divinity. And then I realized that the way to truth might be through acknowledging the fullness of where I found myself to be, which was my humanity and my divinity and not wallow in it, but acknowledge it. and not reverence it or judge it, just appreciate it, just allow it, allow my humanity. So I have gotten to the point now where I am what I am, much more, and some people like it, and some people don't like it, and if they like it, that's their problem, and if they don 't like it, that's their problem. I don't take it all on myself and as much and um, <laughs> well, it's a slow process it's a slow process. Now, what I found was that that um As I started to allow myself to be human more, just allowed what I am, things changed much faster in me. I mean, things fell away more quickly. It was as if I was locked into a model which was based on that negativity, that dislike of myself. And once I just allowed that I am human with all the foibles, things started to flow and I could feel change occurring in myself. And then I would start to experience my own beauty and it frightened me because it was so dissonant and discrepant from the model that I had cultivated of myself over the years that I had to do good in order to be beautiful and the idea that I just am that what is when you look at a tree or a rock or a river. It is in its own way. Beautiful. You look at decay. It is beautiful. I know Laura Huxley, who's a very dear friend Um, in her kitchen. She has these jars over the sink and she takes old uh, beet greens and orange peels and things and sticks them in water in these long, beautiful pharmaceutical jars. And then they slowly mold and decay. And there are these beautiful decay formations and mold. And it's really garbage. It's garbage as art. And we look at it, and it's absolutely beautiful. There's absolute beauty in that. And I've begun to expand my awareness to be able to look at the universe as it is and see what is called the horrible beauty of it. The horrible beauty of it. It's. I mean, there's horror and beauty in all of it, because there's decay in all of it. I mean, we're all decaying. I mean, I look at my hand, and it's decaying. And it's beautiful and horrible at the same moment. And I just live with that and with... That, I start to see the beauty in it. So we're talking about appreciating what is. Not loving yourself, as opposed to not liking yourself, but allowing yourself. And as you allow, it changes. That's about, I think that gets behind the polarities. I think that's what's important. Okay?
1: And so, underneath this idea of self love is really self acceptance. And isn't that just the entire message of TMS, of mind body medicine, is just accepting yourself, allowing whatever emotions are there to be there, allowing yourself to feel the fullness of who you are, even if it's ugly in any given moment, allowing Your pitfalls and anger and rage and sadness and falling apartness and rising upness and lovingness. I'm learning slowly over the years to accept my garbage. I'm learning to accept my decay and my horrible beauty. I'm learning to just be with what is, and I think the more we can just allow, the less tension we hold in our bodies, right? It's definitely a process and it's a it's an up and down process and it's a ebbing and flowing process, but I think the waves get smaller as we practice. And so if you weren't clued in by that little Ram Dass uh, speech there, today is all about self-love, but underneath that self-love is self-acceptance. And I truly believe that if we can't love ourselves, then work on the acceptance side first, and then you'll find that love falls into its place. So I don't know about you, but I generally find it much easier to extend love outward. And I think that's a very common, if not universal human trait where we give and we give and we give and we we throw our love at our family, at our children, at our grandchildren, at our pets, at our spouse. But when it comes to moving inward, we self-criticize, we self-judge, we self-punish. Every time we make a mistake, we berate ourselves to the point of Of humiliation without even realizing it. We're so used to it that it almost feels normal. And we're almost addicted to this version of self-violence. I notice it all the time on my table um, while performing acupuncture is that, you know, people will say, you know, they'll talk about their week and They'll usually say, you know, well, my stomach isn't feeling very good, but I ate gluten this week and so it's all my fault and I had a couple drinks and so so I'm a bad person for that, you know? And you just see them go down this self-judging, um, you know, like this vortex of of I'm not doing well enough and I make these stupid decisions and I keep making these stupid decisions and that's why I'm stuck. And um, so I my main job right now is reminding my patients to be kind to themselves because you just feel the, the inward-directed violence that is occurring on a moment-to-moment basis. And so what do you think that does to our biological ecosystem when we're just hurting ourselves with our thoughts and our words and our actions? Just the other day, I was going out to meet a friend who's getting married this upcoming weekend, and I picked up my sister from work, and we headed on over to the restaurant. And um, while we were in the car, my sister pulled out this beautiful card and a like $100 gift card f- um, for the bride, and it hadn't even occurred to me to... Get a gift for this particular gathering. And so in comes the harsh self talk like, oh, I'm not as generous of a person. I'm terrible at party etiquette. The thought to be giving in this social situation didn't even cross my mind. What does that say about me as a human? And so suddenly, me not getting a card means I'm a terrible human being. And I noticed it as it was coming up, and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what? And my, you know, I was saying some of this out loud, and my sister's like, "Oh no, you know, I'm not going to the wedding, so this is what this is for." (laughs) So, um, so this is just a very small example of of a really benign example, actually, of the self hatred that runs around in my brain throughout any given day. And it takes practice, it takes work to get into a state of self acceptance and self allowing. So self-compassion, self-love, all of that just means stopping in these moments of imperfection and choosing to treat yourself with the same kindness, support, and concern that you would show to a beloved friend or a small child. And recognizing that imperfection is a universal part of our shared human experience and that being unkind to ourselves in those moments helps no one, the least of which ourselves. Self-love is a part of TMS healing or mind-body medicine that is really often overlooked. But think about it. If your mind spends all day actively hating on your body or the person that you are, or the spirit that lives within your body, then we are living in perpetual discord, right? Our mind and body are unaligned when we are constantly trying to almost disembody ourselves, right? And we feel the stress that is wishing ourselves to be different, wishing ourselves to be someone else, or wishing ourselves to just not be here. The mind is really good at disowning the body or even certain parts of the body if you're in pain and so that becomes a part of this danger signal mechanism that contributes to our pain and disease and so if you feel like love is not present in your life if you feel like love is lacking in your life if you feel lonely then the only place that you can rely on to get that love from is within. You have got to start loving yourself or you won't even be able to feel it or see it outside of yourself. If you cannot at this very moment look in the mirror and love or at least like what you see, then you carry that energy of of just self-deprecation with you everywhere you go And other people can feel that, you can feel that. And so you and other people reflect back to you, your own inner state. And so then we mistake that as other people withholding love from us. Whenever you depend on love coming from outside of yourself, but at the same time you don't give yourself that love or even think to do that, then you are 100% looking for love in all the wrong places. Love to me is an inside out process. And I think if you begin to accept yourself and maybe eventually come to a place of loving yourself, you'll notice that once you do that, you'll see that you don't even require that outside validation anymore. It's it's no longer it becomes unnecessary when you when you fill your reservoir with love from within. So at the end of the episode today, I'm going to guide you on uh, what is called a self-love rampage. But first, I'm going to just offer some practical steps that you can take to become more mindful of your overly critical inner voice. So step one, choose to become curious about your inner dialogue. So just becoming aware of how often you hate on yourself, just, just noticing in those moments where you are negatively self-talking to yourself, just catch it, catch yourself in those moments and say, okay, I know I'm in a difficult moment right now. I think I'm feeling some anxiety in my mind and in my body. And I'm just going to accept that here's where I am just notice where you feel this pressure in your body and maybe begin to ask yourself, can I choose to see myself as a human here? Can I choose to be kind to myself in this very moment? And so, yeah, the first step is definitely awareness because I think so much of this self loathing, um, this inner chatter um, comes Automatically, So we don't even catch it when it happens, um, but it's happening. <laughs> I can almost guarantee it for every single one of you. So step two, imagine in every single situation where you're noticing this self-talk, um, this negative self-talk, imagine instead that you were a newborn baby, or if you don't like babies, maybe a newborn puppy. Would you diminish them? for not knowing how to crawl yet? Would you call a baby stupid for not being able to read? Of course not. We are all in the perfect level of understanding for where we are, you included. Don't forget this. You don't come into this world already perfect, already knowing everything there is to know and just amazing at every single thing. It doesn't work that way. Everything takes practice. Like we have to practice self-love. We have to practice being fearless. We have to practice all of the, if we want to be good at, at basketball, we have to practice. Like if I ever want to do a pull-up ever in my life, I have to practice. <laughs> and so we are constantly evolving and growing. And so if we make a mistake somewhere, we're growing and that's great. Accept that you're growing. So any mistake that you make that was meant to be. Mistakes are made. That's part of being human. So becoming fearless about the mistakes is, is uh, a part of this. Step three, if you're having a hard time feeling compassion for yourself because you feel stupid or undeserving, try to think about this as just an old story. Think about this as uh, like an old program of yours that's just on autopilot, Right if you sit with it and notice that it's a story as old as time, and it might not even be your story. It might be just a collective consciousness story and try to challenge your interpretation of the story. So let's say you acted in an unhealthy or irresponsible way. If you could just, instead of self hating yourself for doing that, if you can just sit with that and ask yourself, Was there any reason why this particular situation made me act in this way? Was I maybe trying to self-soothe in that moment? Or is there a trauma underneath this mistake that mirrors something that I went through a long time ago? And so if you can see the inner child within you who just wants to find relief, can you find the compassion there? Can you now make a commitment to view this, you know, what so-called mistake through a softer, kinder lens. And can you just sit with the question, was I doing the best that I could in this moment? In this moment. And you'll find that if you go back to that moment, you might have been feeling very weak. And so yeah, you were doing the best you can. And your best is perfect. So, um, so cultivating that self forgiveness and just and challenging your old story. Step number four. Can you also notice how every single person on this planet makes mistakes on a daily, weekly, or even more frequent basis? And can you also notice how almost all of us have this ridiculous habit of self-judgment and self-deprecation. When we are in that mindset, it's really easy to feel like we are the only ones that hate ourselves. And in those moments, we often boost up everyone around us onto a pedestal, seeing them as infallible, when we are all going through the exact same thing right now. So it. Does nobody any good to continue the self-deprecating talk. And in fact, when you bring yourself up, you also have the ability to bring up others around you. So it doesn't just help yourself. It helps anybody in your energetic circle. And step number five, can you find the courage to forgive yourself? If you maybe did something that was morally questionable at some point in your life, can you see the situation from a new perspective? Can you see if you can make amends either energetically or in a journaling session or even in person? I recommend the first two um, options first because I think that often when we try to make amends Like thirty years after something happened, like that person usually has forgotten about it long ago, and bringing it up, like, I mean, they don't they don't need it. This is for you, right? So, just an example. I had a patient one time come in, um, a chronic back pain patient. He's not into Sarno, so I don't even go there anymore. Um, But he has had, you know, five back surgeries. I think he just had his fifth one. And, uh, one day he came in and, uh, while I was putting needles in, um, he started telling me about an affair that he had 30 years ago. He was not married, but the woman that he had the affair with was, and it led to this woman's divorce eventually. And he was holding on to this immense amount of guilt about it and, I almost like laughed about it. I was like, we'll call him John. I was like, John, you did nothing wrong. Like She knew very well what she was getting into, and maybe you made it easier for her to leave a toxic relationship. And you could see the guilt like washing from his body, and he left that day pain-free. And I know that it was because I gave him permission to release this guilt that he had been holding and he was, it was obviously still on his mind. He brought it up and he was like, I've never told anybody about this, not even my wife. Um, and so it was like, uh, like, no, you're free. Like this was exactly how it was meant to be. Like no shame, no guilt. Like you did, you did nothing wrong. And, uh, he, he left pain-free. It was amazing. And, and he thought it was the needles, of course. And I thought it was the, um, releasing of guilt. So just either way, it's great. Step number six, using loving self-talk to yourself. Go on a self love rampage, whether it's in your journal or in your head or in front of the mirror and practice this as much as you possibly can. I'll end today's episode, actually, with an example of a self-love rampage that can gradually take you from self-hate to self-adoration. Because sometimes when we are in this space of self-hate, we are on this like lower end of the spectrum, right? And so jumping right to the opposite end of the spectrum and saying, I love myself, you don't believe it. So just don't go there right away. Like we have to kind of gradually walk ourselves up the scale to self love. Um, because otherwise you will just be saying something you don't believe. So we'll start slow and we'll ease into it. And so here it goes, your self love rampage. So, I guess I might believe what I'm about to say, but I might not. It might be a good time to start loving myself more, but maybe not. It really doesn't matter either way, I guess. I might want to get into the place of loving who I am, but I don't know if I'm ready. Maybe I am, though, so maybe I'll just try. I guess I've been around for a while and I've done a lot of research along the way here that makes me sometimes hopeful that I can live a better life and maybe I can begin to live a life that I love but maybe I'll be stuck for a long time maybe a little while longer I don't know I I know I can reach a fuller potential I guess I've been practicing these thought patterns that maybe aren't totally true I've been practicing hating myself for such a long time And I've been saying these things to myself for so long that I just, I guess I took them to be true. Like, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm the one who's broken beyond repair. Maybe I don't deserve to be well. But I just learned, actually, a little while ago that maybe these thoughts aren't necessarily helping me get to where I want to be. So maybe I should just start questioning them. I noticed that I can often love others and that feels good so so I like doing that so I guess I can extend that love outwards but I guess it's been pretty hard for me to let love in for myself, I don't know why maybe it's just a habit, maybe it's just an old pattern, maybe I learned how to do this from my family or upbringing and I guess I thought blocking off the flow of love was protecting me from feeling rejected maybe I guess From a very early age i've just practiced not letting it in and became so good at not letting it in that i thought it just wasn't being given to me and so i felt lonely i guess i can see now that it's my own disallowing of that love that led to this pattern in the first place and i think i did it because i thought it felt better than extending love out and not getting it sent back I was afraid that it wouldn't come back so I just didn't put it out. I felt unloved and so I didn't let love in and because I didn't let love in then I felt unloved. And I guess no one can really see this outside of me and sometimes I can't even see this pattern within myself but now I'm getting the hang of it and I see that it's up to me to let the love in. I now have this awareness. I. I guess I want myself to let that love in. I always thought that I wanted to be understood, but I guess now I see that in order to be understood by anybody else, they have to be on the same page, the same wavelength as me and that's just a really tall order because they've got their own wavelength going on based on their life experience and so their understanding me is not their responsibility. I think somewhere along the line I got confused and I thought that love had to come from other people who couldn't understand me and I forgot to look for it from myself and from my inner being and from my higher self. Now I see I was getting mixed up and I expected others to get to my miserable feeling place in order to understand me. And I guess that's asking a lot of people now that I look at it from that perspective. I guess I now understand that I was consistently looking for love in all the wrong places. And now I know that maybe I should start to just be kinder and gentler with myself, start accepting myself. And so now I have that understood. I get that others have their stuff and I have my stuff. And so I now understand that I have to open my heart and let that love in. I now see that if I don't let that love in, I'm blocking the flow. And I'm trying to send it out, 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 out. And I'm just never replenishing my my own reserves. I guess I was looking outward. I was looking out toward others to help replenish my love reserves. And now I see that I, I can let it into myself. I now see that if I open my heart to my own love, I can fill up my own well. My inner being my inner child my bigger self is always loving me always looking at me as if I were this perfect child of the universe just doing the best they can and now I realize that whenever I feel sad or angry or guilty or self-hating that that negative emotion is my signal letting me know that I'm not letting love in I now realize that whenever I have negative emotion, that that means that there must be love for me, otherwise I couldn't feel the discord of that negative emotion. My negative emotion tells me that I'm thinking a thought that isn't true, and that there is great love for me here instead. Doesn't that feel better, just knowing that every time I feel like crap, that it just means that there's love that I'm not letting in? I guess I always sensed that it was there, I think I knew it was always there, and sometimes I'm in a loving mood and that feels good, and sometimes I feel the elation of feeling love so I know it's possible. And so if I know it's possible some of the time, I guess I know that I can feel that more of the time and if I just practice letting it in more, I'll get better and better at letting it in. And the only way I can let it in more without having to depend on the actions or words of anybody else is to just give it to myself to look in the mirror in the morning and think to myself, hello body, this is a good body. This body has gotten me through so, so much and I'm so grateful that this earth suit of mine has carried me around for so long. It knows when I'm loving it and it knows when I'm hating it. I think when I think hateful things about my body, my body seems to slouch or feel tense and so I guess I'm just going to try harder to feel good about my body so that my body can feel good more of the time. My body knows when I'm appreciating it. It knows when I'm marveling at its magnificence, and it feels when I'm demonizing it. When I want to cut a part of it off because it hurts, my body feels this desire, and it tries to protect me even further from doing such a scary thing by keeping me more immobile. Immobile. I understand now that my body just loves me so much and that it's not my enemy and it's always working around the clock to keep me safe. I now know that I am adored and loved and I know that my spirit, my broader perspective, my infinite consciousness loves being in this body. and. Now I guess I can look in the mirror and I can see this higher perspective and I can send and receive love to and from myself. I'm beginning to adore the beauty of this body, the imperfect perfection of this body, the the beautiful garbage of this body. I am beginning to adore where I am in life and I'm training myself to like what I see when I look in the mirror and the more I practice liking myself, I can start to feel The beginnings of loving myself. If I like and love what I see right here and now I know that if I just love myself as I am right here and now that what I see in the mirror will eventually change if I wanted it to at one point. It's not easy to stop being hard on myself because I've learned over the years to just keep comparing myself to so many other things so many other people but if I can just look in the mirror and see my own heart and only vow to compare myself to myself, then it becomes easier and easier to let that love in. I realize now that I have to make peace with where I am. I am where I am, and it's all right where I am. There's nothing wrong with me here right now. Where I am is enough and perfect and meant to be, otherwise it wouldn't be where it is. I am doing better and better and I know more today than I did yesterday and so where I am is just perfect and I know now that the knowledge that I am absorbing about the emotions and the body is helping me to love myself more and I am so thankful and in love with the potential that I now know that life can be. My body is feeling less tension in my being with this new knowledge and now I know it doesn't matter how long it takes to feel it in my body. And I feel inspired and excited about it every now and again, and so now I know that I don't need to worry about when, because I feel it's coming. My body loves me and I love my body, even when it's pained. I know that it is only trying to help me. Thank you, body, for doing your very best, and I'm sorry that I've not been so kind to you over the years, and I vow to be better and better. It might take me a minute and I might forget sometimes, but I'm becoming more aware of my inner voice and I'm meeting it with compassion and love. The compassion and love that I deserve and that I've always deserved but never let in before. I love the hardiness of my body, I love the stamina of my body, I love being in this body, I love the way that my body carries me through life and love. I appreciate so much that this body is just working around the clock to help me in every single moment. If I could feel like this more of the time, and practice this more of the time, I'll feel less resistance. And if I feel less resistance, I know I'll have more joy and love and peace within me and my body loves this. How exciting to be able to watch my body, follow my feelings of it, and how when I bring in that love, my body feels the letting go process. I now know if I can just trust and let go and just chill out that my body will begin to realign to my new ways of thinking and I love knowing that thank you body thank you inner being for listening to me today I will now work with you to feel this way more of the time and I now know that my neural network is shaping into a new me a new way of being because I'm choosing to love more often This is who I now am, and I'm excited to ride this love train all the way to where I want to be. And I can get to where I want to be by loving where I am. Where I am is a part of my journey, and my journey is perfect. Thanks for listening, guys. Love you all. We'll see you next week.